Hello, thank you for tuning in to another episode with your girl, Sincerely Shatasia. So I have a guest speaker, my spiritual mother, Pastor, Pastor Janice, and she's going to be talking about abortion and we're going to share um, just our experience and, and how the abortion can play a detrimental role in the walk of a believer and how demonic this is behind the scenes and a lot of people don't know. Pastor Janice, here's Yes. You. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. So can you tell my audience who you are and um, just a little bit about your experience with abortions and, you know, what um, made you um, want to speak up about this and, you know, what you do now to help um, young women and young girls um, deal with this and help heal from past abortions or even considering abortions? I'd be happy to. Yes, my name is Janice. I'm a pastor. Janice Collins, I'm a pastor. Um, and I am also post-abortive. And I want to just put it this way. I'm an abortion survivor. And um, I want to just shed some light on the big lie that is out there is that it doesn't bother you. And you don't have any repercussions from it and it's health care because it really isn't it's very demonic as um Shatasia said and very um detrimental to your walk with christ or even in your walk with life and so um i'll just start at the beginning and i'll thank everyone for tuning in and listening um because i want to bring awareness those who are contemplating abortion, those that have had the abortion, one to stop those that are contemplating, to have them think about what they're doing, and secondly, for those who have had abortion, to know that the blood of Jesus Christ is redemptive even in this, and that you can get your life back, and you can come out of Satan's trap, and be able to enjoy your life. Um, so first of all, I was very young when I first had my first abortion. I was very young when I got pregnant. I was pregnant at age 14, and I had my first son at age 15. I turned 15 during my pregnancy. During that time, of course, I was scared to tell my parents because I'm 14. I didn't even know what I was doing. So I end up, my mom ended up guessing. I never did tell her. She just looked at me and she said, you're pregnant. And at that point, I just broke down and was like, yeah, I confessed it. Um, but yeah, let me digress too, because, you know, it doesn't matter your family makeup. I came from a two-parent family, so it has nothing to do with your family makeup or anything. It just has to do with... Um, going outside the lines of what God had intended for me to do. And, you know, we were going to church as a family and everything. So I just wanted to be hang out with the older girls. I just wanted to, you know, do my own thing. So you could say I, I was in rebellion, yeah. just point blank. Yep. Just rebellion. And um, so when I met my son's father and the reason why I ended up pregnant at 14 I lied about my age and I saw him he was older he was a senior in high school and uh 
I just wanted to hook up with him because my I'm hanging with older girls and they all have boyfriends. So, and I wanted to be older for some reason. Don't know why. But anyway. <laughs> I went through that period too. Yeah, you know, now I'm trying to push my age back. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> but we always want to do what we're not supposed to do. That's that rebellious nature that all of us have. So, by the second date with him, I ended up in the backseat of his car at a park. That's where I conceived my first child um, but during the pregnancy time my mom there were seven of us my mom was a stay-at-home mother I was the next to the youngest and I my and when my mother found out I was pregnant she was so brokenhearted and one of the things she said to me was me and your dad had such big plans for you and I didn't know what that meant at the time yeah. um, and so she's the one that first wanted me to get an abortion with my first child um, we actually she actually took me somewhere to get an abortion and then she changed her mind so we never went through with it and then she told me we would never talk about it again and we did my mom went home to be with the Lord and we never discussed it again so I didn't abort my first child I had him at 15 and um you know, he's alive and well, but, and I love my mom. We had a great relationship, you know, all the time. Um, she, me and her were very, very close. Like that never hampered our relationship. But I believe that opened the door to me so that I can think this is a solution if I, you know, to a issue, to a problem. And, and so, like, you know, because your generation, Right, right. And so I came from a family of seven. I'm number seven of the children. So I had six other siblings. Yeah. And so at that time, women were, a lot of women were stay-at-home mothers. A lot of them weren't in the workforce. And that's where my mom was at, uh, a stay-at-home mom. And um, so stepping out in promiscuity, was something that like I was hanging with people and everybody was doing it but we were doing it undercover so I'm sneaking out with him telling my mom I'm going to my friend's house you know to study or whatever and I'm actually going to have sex with him in the back seat of his car didn't even know what I was doing I, you know he knew what he was doing I didn't look I didn't even it didn't even feel like what is this I'm like I got pregnant with still wondering what happened. Yeah. If that makes any sense, because I was too young. Yeah. I didn't even realize the impact of it. Yeah. And that's and, and that's good that you mentioned that because I like I can relate too because I um I got pregnant when I was 15 and I had my first abortion and my first pregnancy when I was 16 on my sweet 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um and and it's and it's even growing up even in a Christian um, household. And we have these principles and so do us. We have, you know, what we believe, you know, but yet we still, our parents are still, you know, in some instance, still ignorant. So for my example and for my testimony, I didn't know anything about an abortion. Um, and the way I found out was when my mother had an abortion and I was about 
um, probably like 14, um, maybe 15 around the time. And she had an abortion and she was pregnant with twins and she ended up taking a pill because she had to pass it through. And she mm-hmm. called me in the bathroom after she passed it through and she said, look in the toilet and, and, and see what that is. You know, and, and those, those are your siblings. And like, mm-hmm. how traumatic is that, you know, wow. for a 14 year old girl to know this is what an abortion is versus, yes. you know, us just as believers to have sit down and have these conversations with our children when they get to that teenage age before school before high school and actually starting in middle school to be honest and just let them know um you know this is this is what it is and to have that open and honest and transparent conversation with um our children especially if you know we're growing up growing them up and the way of you know the of the lord and trying to um you know set them apart from what the world now we say you know we see now obviously it's just health care you know my body my choice and things that are you know going against the word of god and what yes. we stand for even as christians you know just because a lot of even when the whole roe versus wade um came into play a lot of christians were supporting it and saying just because i support or you know i'm pro-choice doesn't mean i agree so abortion so what you know like what is it that you're agreeing to because at the end of the day if you're having sex before marriage you need to take accountability for those actions right you know and a, and a lot of people you know are shying away from that we see it more now especially it, it heightened more when the overturning of Roe versus Wade within the you know the community and I think it's really because of a lack of ignorance a lot lack of transparency and people yes. you know feeling um you know, shamed. And I came across this, um, this, this, um, statistic. And a lot of people don't know that out of one of the three Christians experienced an abortion. And according to the research from Lifeway, 65% of women who had an abortion say that they are church members. Um, say that the church members will judge single women who are pregnant and 64% of women are most likely to gossip about a woman who is considering abortion to help her understand her options and 76% of women in local church had no influence on the decision of an abortion whether it was a positive or negative effect and we know we see this even in many christian you know girls young adults and women who have experienced an abortion they still remain silent due to the fear the spirit of fear and being that they're going to be judged even within the you know christian community so like what's your thoughts about that because you are you do advocate you you know you're very active in that role as far as you know sharing the truth and your testimony so can mm-hmm. you like shed light on like what you experience when it comes to Christians who are yeah. considering abortion and pregnant and you know and yeah one of the things um, and the reason why I came out telling my story is because of the detriment and because of the big lie that circles abortion and um, the reason why is because one of the things is because once you and and we kill our children. There's no way to dress it up. Yeah. We actually make a decision to murder our kids. And this, the safest place for a child should be in the womb of his mother. But it's not anymore. Because the enemy will tell you to sin. And then he'll torture you after you do it. And so the reason why I'm so vocal about it is because there's shame and condemnation attached to it. 
And so the shame that comes from the enemy will cause you to shrink back. And and I wouldn't talk about it for years. I didn't feel that I that I could say anything about it. And having done that, I made a decision to have two abortions after I had my live child and I had two other abortions consecutively after that um, and hid it all. Nobody in my family knew. And one thing about the uh, Planned Parenthood is they don't even ask, they, they tell you they're not going to tell your parents. They take young girls in there, tell you it's the best thing for you and it's good for your life and this is what you'll do. And that's what I did. I, I listened to the lie. I said, this is going to be good for me. This is best for my life because there's big plans for me. I didn't know what they were. But as far as going back to your question, a lot of women will will not say that they're post-abortive because of the shame and condemnations. And a lot of times you will be in charge and you'll hear that abortion's bad, but you never know what to do once you have had one. So we know it's wrong when we do it because in us, God has given us an innate ability to know right from wrong. Even if you're not saved, I wasn't saved. Like I, you know, I was going to church, but I didn't have a relationship with Christ. And so, but I knew what I was doing was wrong and I knew it was a secret. Why did I know that? Because I didn't want to tell anybody. If you're doing something right, you'll tell everybody. So there's people out there that aren't saved that won't say it because they know it's wrong. Now it's supposed to be the right thing and you see all these people coming out. But my take on that is that a lot of women that are advocating for it, they never got healed from it. And then there's that anger, there's that stuff that happens after you have the abortion that nobody talks about. Those things, that, that emptiness you feel. That that long that, that knowing that you did something wrong, then you got shame and condemnation, and then the enemy keeps piling it on you with everything that you do. Um, and you're correct about your statistics. Um, one in every three or four women sitting in the church are post-abortive, but they feel like they have no recourse and can't get any healing. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. You know, and, and a lot of that, I know I, I dealt with that shame for so long because, you know, you have, you know, that negative stigma and people, you know, that spirit of fear. And then you, we fall into our own guilt, um, yeah. shame and condemnation, you know, whenever we are, you know, post-abortive or even yeah. pregnant and considering an abortion because yeah. it's so emphasized when, you know, you got to wait to have sex till marriage. But what if, you know... You, you don't wait to have sex till marriage you know you emphasize right. that so what what's the concept you know we have to like be honest and open about like okay if you are going to make that decision just know you know well of course not our church but like yeah. other you know other churches you know speaking as a whole you know that you know they don't make you they don't make you feel welcome you know and a lot of women shy and they can sit in the pews and still be trying to fill that void and still fill with so much guilt and shame because the pastor or deacons or whoever you know will give them that um negative 
Yeah. you know persona or how can mm-hmm. I say this like they'll judge you and gossip oh did you know so and so you know and if, and if you choose not to have an abortion you know it's like okay well she's a single mother with you know five different kids five different men or whatever the case may be so it's like how how do you feel as far as or what do you um think that we can bridge the gap as far as um more post-abortive women who are remaining silent in the church like how can we um help them get healed you know not talking about our church obviously because we you know we welcome that but other churches who you know are emphasizing no sex before marriage but not you know being there supportive even if they do fall short where's you know the grace yeah one thing that i i feel like women have to feel like there's a safe place or a person that they can confide in that they won't be judged and they won't be looked down upon um so when i was coming up that was a that wasn't like it is now i think more now people um don't care whether you judge them or not but that's a lie that's being portrayed because women do care but I think like I'm involved with a ministry called Deeper Steel and it's for a post-abortive woman and the woman that started it Karen Ellison she was a church girl and she went to her pastor because her mom had taken her so they both were under condemnation and they both were under fear and they wanted to get help and nobody knew how to help them and you know she was told it's under the blood and everything will be okay but that didn't make her or her mom feel better during her abortion and this is something that is not talked about either some statistics state that even 15 to 20 percent of the women that have abortions aren't able to have kids afterwards she was one of them and so God birthed this ministry in her that's her baby now she calls it her baby but she she um, embraces women in the church that has had it abortions and offers healing i went through it i'm a product of her ministry and satasia this is how condemned and embarrassed and ashamed i was i held on to the second abortion i had for almost 50 years without telling i was okay confessing the one after so many years but I still had that shame and condemnation about confessing the second one and my thought was God will never forgive me you know I'll always be I always feel this way and that's what the enemy does to you but the Lord told me he never forgot about his plans for me so I'm a pastor now I was a pastor he told me I was a pastor before I got the abortion I changed my mind about myself but he never changed his mind about me and that's living through that shame and condemnation so there's a deeper healing that post-abortive women have to get so let's talk that more about cause, that yeah because it's a spiritual you know there's everything always is spiritual because like you yeah. have that spirit because every every woman whether they admit it or not myself mm-hmm. too because i've had three 
every pregnancy I had, it's always like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? That's that that's that spirit of yeah. fear. And it's like, well, yeah. I'm gonna, am I going to cake the baby or not? Like every woman questions it, regardless of what the outcome is, you question it. And a lot of us are um, in the church or even outside the church are ignorant to the spiritual consequences yeah. that it is. And yeah. again, we've seen that even in Roe um, versus Wade, a lot of people are talking about, you know, Moloch and the blood covenants and the sacrifice, yeah. like any the moment you have that abortion, no matter how you have it, the moment you shed blood, from that baby is crying out. We see it even in Genesis with Cain. Yeah. Abel. Yeah. So you want to like talk it's, more about that? Yeah, because it is what it is is so demonic. Is that and and you mentioned Moloch. You know, um, in the Old Testament, it talks about the women going to sacrifice their babies to Moloch, and then the Lord says, "Them, I didn't think I needed to tell you not to do that." You know, and they were doing it as ritualistic. You know, it was demonic then. What we do when we have abortions, we make a blood covenant with the enemy to sacrifice our babies to witchcraft, or it is a form of demonic idolatry. And see, this is the stuff nobody wants to talk about. And that is the the cover-up that the enemy has when he says, my body, my choice. That's coming straight from the pit of hell it's not your body especially if you're a christian you've been bought by a price jesus sacrificed his blood why did he spill his blood because he made a covenant with his blood with us to reconcile us back to the father with all of our sins the enemy well we have to remember he's the liver god so he mimics everything god does so then the abortion becomes a blood covenant with him so he can use it for demonic devices. And so this whole thing, this whole thing over our nation is that you keep sacrificing your babies and then we'll keep releasing witchcraft into the, the, our whole communities. You see our kids being slain in the streets. What we do on the abortion table is manifested in our streets. It has nothing to do with another gun law. Yeah. It has to do with stop shedding innocent blood because what we've done, we have come into agreement with the spirit of murder and we have said it's okay for the enemy to kill our kids. And so now he's killing them not only in the womb, but in the streets. But people don't connect the two and that's why Paul says, I want you not be ignorant to the wiles of Satan because he makes you think it's a good idea but it's not a good idea. And when you talked about being desperate, we're single, we're young, we're desperate. We think that is the answer instead of, okay, I'm pregnant, have the baby, and even give it up to adoption, but even the adoption homes are full, but that's a better a better solution than to murdering our children while they're still in our womb because as I said earlier that should be the safest place for a baby yeah. but no the enemy invades our wombs and make us think it's a good idea then let's talk about the effects after the abortion yeah. okay we get an abortion we think we can go about our lives and it never bothers us but you've gotten in some instances it's a suction so you've got life sucked out of you there is that void 
in you after you've done it. A lot of women don't equate some of your acting out behaviors to what happened on the abortion table. But that void, trying to fill that void, will make you either more promiscuous sexually, it will turn you into drug use, because you're trying to fill a void just like when you're apart from Jesus and there's a void there and you try to fill it with other things that's my story yeah, I went to a dark um, time of drug addiction promiscuity yeah. and it wasn't that I'm not educated it wasn't that I'm not I came from a broken home it was the effects of abortion killing my baby I would, if somebody had told me that I would go down that path, I would have looked at them like they were crazy. But there's this, there's this ache and this pain that you can't seem to feel, so you mask it by the drugs and by, oh, I must need to, you know, be in a relationship. I must need to be with somebody. Sex is self-soothing, a pain and an ache, and you may not equate the ache and the pain with what you've done. But at the end of the day, that's exactly what it's from. Yeah. And for those who are not familiar with Moloch, I just want to um, share more about that because it shows, as Pastor Jenna said, it, you know, it was a reflection of God's anger. And he didn't have to mention, I believe it's to the Israelites um, that he was referring to. And this is found in Amos 1, 13. Um, and the um, Ammonites were descendants of Lot and they performed abortion acts by ripping open the wounds of their children in Galilee. Uh, the purpose was to control the, hu- the human population. That's why they did those um, sacrifices and also, you know, for whatever reward they wanted, whether it be wealth or, you know, whatever the case was, you know, they also had their own alternative motives with that but we see that even in the bible um you know with that because you know a lot of people especially with the whole overturning Roe versus weight a lot of people was like that abortion's never it's not mentioned in the bible what actually is for those who you know don't believe that it is this is where you can find it and we see that moloch was portrayed as a bull-headed male of bronze and outstretched arms and fires was underneath his hands and they would offer living children in the in the place of idols hands and to you know to gain whatever they wanted to gain um or to get favor for the ammonites so um you know not not knowing the spiritual implications that it caused like pastor dennis was mentioning when you when you when you have um suction because i did suction twice and i did the pill my first time once so you know after my pill i i went through a period of promiscuity you know and for for like five plus years and i felt drained and i would have sex and i would continue to have sex even if it wasn't good sex i would continue to have sex because i wanted to fill in that void i wanted to feel love you know because i felt like oh well, i killed my baby you know how can anyone love me and I always felt like there was this, people would look at me um, judgmentally and talk about me behind my back, family members, church members, whoever, knowing, you know, what I have done at a young age. So whenever I got in my young adult years and I had a baby when I, um, well, I had got pregnant when I was 23, even while I'm still in a church, you know, I did, I wasn't too shamed to where I kept it a secret but I wasn't wise enough to tell the right people. So I would tell the first lady at that time thinking, you know, and, and she always said, she, she wanted me to keep it, but I was like, I don't want to. Um, 
or excuse me no I didn't tell about the second one it was the time I got pregnant with my son um so I had two abortions before I had my son and then after I had my son had an abortion and then I have my my daughter now so during that before I had my son got pregnant with my son you know I felt that shame and when I got pregnant with my son I actually spoke up and and receive you know that welcoming from the first lady so you know I still had to deal with that that shame for when I was 16 and when I was um being promiscuous and I got pregnant and and still dealing with that and not knowing a lot of the things I was going through emotions being trained emotionally um you know looking for love in all the wrong places and you know mentally just you know I would have rehearsing you know just the pain and what if and if I'm even saved so you can see like even if even if um we don't recognize the emotions and some people don't want to you know say it is filling in a void you know you are acting out of anger you know you may not be able to love may not be able to be gentle you can still see the spiritual um effects on that whenever you know you are when you are um still dealing with that shame and and um the spiritual the demonic covenants that we have because you know if we don't know that we have a demonic covenant we can't please the blood of jesus in the in, in, in placement of the blood that was shed from our innocent baby that's still crying out against us um and the devil was still using that you know as against us to release certain curses or spiritual attacks and i feel like like stuff like that um you know is not being shared enough within the um the community so we're going to take a, a quick break and we're going to come back with part two so stay tuned for more so we are back with part two uh, we're going to talk more and focus on that there is redemption we want to really emphasize the redemption so we don't want anyone who's still struggling with the guilt the shame the condemnation the spirit of fear um any demonic um curses or anything that was um spoken over you because you had an abortion that there is redemption and i'm going to allow pastor janice to share that and to you know give you more in depth as far as what the word says and you know how you can be redeemed if you are so struggling with your post um abortive decision okay mm-hmm. okay so hi everyone um what i want to do ladies is any of you first of all that are post-abortive i want you to know that Um, there is redemption there is a time of repentance and repentance doesn't mean saying that you're sorry repentance means changing the way that you think and so if you're thinking that abortion is the answer then I would call everyone to a time of repentance before the Lord and ask the Lord to forgive you for even thinking that way because that is certainly against the the laws of God. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have life to the full. And he also says about us and our children in Jeremiah that he knew you 
before you were in your mother's womb and he called you and he set you apart and he ordained you so before we eat, our parents even get together god already has a plan for us and so he already had a plan for our children so how can we um listen to the lie anymore that is to our convenience or you're just a blob of tissue god said before i knew you i formed you and i called you and i had a purpose and a plan for you and so that is what the truth will undo the lie that the enemy is putting out and our children as soon as the egg and the sperm meet that's the time of conception and that is life you know i t- i i drank the Kool-Aid to believe that oh my baby was just a blob of tissue and one of the horrific things that happened to me i had what they call a therapeutic abortion there's nothing therapeutic about it it's a saline and i was in i was after my first trimester and i actually had i went into labor and actually delivered but the saline solution actually burns the baby and that's when you go into the labor the baby is wrestling to try to stay alive and um i saw them whisk my baby away and i love about god this is how i knew god was right there with me that jesus was right in the room because as they whisked the baby away i heard one of the nurses say something about an incinerator and then a man came in my room he was tall and he had on scrubs and he said to me nobody is going to burn your baby in an incinerator they're going to have a little burial for him and i was young i was 17 then and i didn't realize that till later on that that was an angel of the lord because when i described the, the man to the two nurses they looked at me like i was crazy they were like there's no no doctor that works here that fits that description so that was god even then i didn't recognize it that was there with me because i felt so bad because i actually saw the body of my baby being whisked away and you know, so this is this is the things that god had to heal me from because it's so painful and so detrimental but the good news is that Jesus Christ came yes. to cover all our sins and iniquity and i want every post abortive woman to know that your babies are with Jesus yes all babies are born to go to all our babies and this is what i always say cuz we have I, i said i'm part of a ministry called deeper still when after we're done ministering to the women wholeness and healing I always tell everybody so your kids are playing with my kids I like that because they're looking down at us and they're like oh my mommy met your mommy now our kids are playing <laughs> together up in heaven and that's the only thing that helped me tell you I yeah. there was a woman named Bunny okay. Wilson that came to Pittsburgh years ago and she talked about her post abortive experiences and it was a long time ago um it might have been 20 years ago i'm thinking now nobody was talking about that and i didn't even know that that was her ministry i just went because somebody invited me and we took our church um i was at a different church then and i took my youngest son and all the kids i was over the youth ministry 
That's look what God will do. <laughs> um, I, and I also wonder, I was like, God, I had two children that I aborted, but you allowed me to be um, Christian education director as a, at the other church and be responsible for these little lives. And the whole time I was doing that, the devil was telling me I wasn't worthy to do it. See how he does? He tries to stop you from walking in your destiny. Yes. But yeah, that's, that's but what he did say, okay. yeah, that's the whole thing. He sets you up. Yeah. And then he torments you. Yeah, that's that why mind. it's so important to yes. get deeper healing. Yes. Because yes. God was putting me where he had already ordained for me to be. And the devil was telling me, you're not worthy to even be over these children after what you did. Yes. So I lived with that condemnation. I remember my younger son, 16th birthday. I'm making his German chocolate cake because that's what he loves. I'm icing his cake, and the enemy said, "Look at you! You killed his, but you killed his sibling, and now you're celebrating his birthday." It's little things like that people don't want to talk about. About how the demonic comes back, and you know what? That's a good point that you make because even with like postpartum depression, we're mm-hmm. seeing, it's, it's it's the attack on just birthing what God has given us, no matter yes. how the baby came. You you see with women who deal with that and they kill their babies and they struggle mm-hmm. with the thoughts, you know, because I struggle with thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. of that. And a lot of women don't speak about that. That's still a spiritual attack because the enemy is upset that we you know was obedient in birth mm-hmm. what God had planted in us so yes. like we still have to acknowledge these things and we deal with these thoughts and these lies you know mm-hmm. in our in our mind and being whispered to us yes. so we have yeah. to plead you know the blood over every abortion that we have yeah. you know no matter how many you have and you know and allow that healing to really go deep in your soul because ultimately it's a soul wound that we have to allow Jesus to feel. That's really good that you you said that and made that point. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of us didn't know as myself, I didn't know that there was healing available for me. I thought I was going to take this to my grave. And I thought there was a part of me that thought that Jesus would never forgive me. God would never forgive me for this. I'm just going to have to walk around and carry this. And the devil is a liar, ladies. There is healing for you. There is healing for you because once you confess and and admit and come into the place that, okay, this happened, it was wrong, it's not my body, it's not my choices, more, it's very spiritual ask the Lord to come in and sometimes you can't do it by yourself you know there's ministries there are several ministries out there now that are dealing with post-abortive women because one of the things too other than the shame pain the addiction feeling worthless the hollowness your heart gets hard and then your kids after that sometimes you don't know how to relate to your other children you're wondering why can't I connect with that baby why can't I connect like I should with my other children but I was talking about Bunny Wilson coming in that's the first time I ever heard that my baby was with Jesus and I was able to breathe after that no because I didn't tell anybody so I didn't know 
that my aborted baby was in the arms of Jesus. Yeah, that's one thing the enemy lied to me about, and I struggled. Yes. And I had so much like, your baby's in hell because you killed mm-hmm. it. Your baby's in hell. You killed it. Yep. God's not going to yep. take your baby. You killed it. You killed it. Yes. You know? And and yep. you have to, like, literally, that's why we need the word. And yes. The word because even David said, um, what he said, you, um, I was conceived with my mother, a paraphrase, and I can't remember yeah. exactly, but he said, even, even, sin, even, I was even in sin, yes, there we go, even in sin, mm-hmm. I was conceived, and we see, mm-hmm. you know, and um, even with Abraham and Sarah, you know, when he had um, Ishmael, mm-hmm. you know, God gives lives, he didn't, you know, even though yeah. he didn't do it the right way, he's not, he's still going to bless yeah. that child, he may not be right. a child that he promised, but he's still going to bless it, right, you know, and, and the devil can't yeah, exactly. He's not and a creator. Exactly. No matter how trans men can get pregnant, because a trans man is a woman. Uh, <laughs> so don't believe the lie. They can't get yeah. pregnant. God is not confused. Yes. You know, he's not he's not the author of confusion. That's the enemy. Yes. Yes. God is not confused. What we have to remember is there is redemption. And we have to receive the redemption that Jesus Christ died for us to, to have. Um, in my own walk, it was just stuff it down, stuff it down. And as I said earlier, I was able to admit after going to that session with Bunny Wilson, I was able to admit about one abortion. But that shame and condemnation I wasn't healed from because I still didn't talk about the second one. So I needed deeper healing. And it wasn't until I went to this conference, this retreat, that's when I was 64. I'll be 68 next month. That was when I was able to admit that I had a second abortion. Look at all those years I was carrying that around. And what I wanna, if 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 nobody gets anything out of this today, if any of you ladies don't get anything out of this today, admit, find someone that you can confide in, yes, and that you can tell that I've had an abortion and I need healing. Yes. That they can pray with you and they can help you, and then seek out post-abortion healing ministries. Deeper still is a good one. Um, get that deeper healing because you don't want to be like me and carry that around. It's like dragging an old, worn-out trunk of luggage, and it's like rocks in a trunk that you're grab, you're um, pulling around with you, and wondering why you you don't. There's something wrong with you. There's something why you can't get healed. I have this depression. I have this um, this deep-seated heaviness, and I can't put my finger on it. It's because you haven't forgiven yourself, and you don't feel forgiven for what you've done. But there is redemption. God always forgave us. We have to receive. That's one thing I struggle with, even with my um, post-abortions. Like, how can God forgive me? How I did this multiple times. God is always going to forgive you. He forgave you when Jesus died on the cross because He took all those abortions because we didn't have them, or just an abortion, whatever the case may be. But then we have to. There's another part. We have to forgive ourselves and then forgive those who played a part in it, whether it was through incest, rape, molesting, you know, or if we. Um, 
you know, or just the, the man who didn't want to be with you. Yeah. You know, you know, whatever it may be, there's, you know, you have to go through that forgiveness and the healing, you know, even if you confess that there may be some deeper things. And like what you said earlier that, you know, we may be lashing out and emotions may be, um, festered in negative emotions maybe festered in us because we still have to go deeper you know in those other abortions and we had multiple abortions and you know and receive that healing and really um you know basically just own up to what we did and allow god to um allow us to receive um, receive the forgiveness that god has um given us and know that we have been redeemed by the blood of jesus because he was the ultimate atonement for all of our sins past, present, and future. So, if you don't mind, Pastor Janice, praying for those women who may not um, have that um, person in their life right now, but they're listening to this episode, um, and just plant that seed that we have planted and allow the Lord to send people in their lives to water it and and Him to do the growth from what we have planted with future people may water what we're watering whatever it may be if you can just you know pray um a prayer of healing and just allow the holy spirit to like lead you whatever place on your heart for the listeners well yes i would be happy to do that father in the name of jesus i just thank you for every woman that you have caused to tune in and to listen to this podcast Father, I thank you, Lord. You know exactly who's going to listen to it. You knew exactly who was going to need it. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for first of all, allowing them to release themselves from the prison of forgiveness and release everyone, the abortion doctor, the abortion nurses, Father, everyone that they came in contact with and everyone that even, even the Planned Parenthood, workers, everyone, Lord God, that were assisting them in this decision to abort their child. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that there is the redemption in the blood of Jesus. And so, Father, now I ask that you go into their hearts, into their mind, into their souls, which house their mind, will, and emotions. And Father, I ask right now that you just begin to do your healing process in them. Father, I ask that you go deep deep into their spirit, man. Some of them have pushed it down the way I did for years and years and years. But Father, we know that you reveal to heal. And so Father, I ask you now that with the revelation coming up about what has happened, what they have done, that you are revealing it because you want to heal them. You don't want the enemy to have access to them because they're holding on to a secret. Because a secret is an open door for the torment of the demonic spirits to come in and to torment them. But today we want to close that door that allows the enemy access to them. And Father, we want to open the door to the healing blood of Jesus Christ to go deep into their mind, into the recesses of their mind, into their memory of it, oh God. And Father, I ask that you remove the trauma from them of the act of abortion, the whole traumatic experience, because there is trauma attached to murder. And so, Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus that there is a restoration going on for your daughters even now. Father, I ask right now that everyone under the sound of my voice are lifting up their hands and they're receiving your forgiveness, not only for themselves, Lord God, but that they know that their babies have been received 
be, be uh, forgiven and they have been translated into the kingdom of heaven and they are in the care of Jesus and that we will see them again. And so, Father, I thank you that they are babies, that they are boarded or safe in the arms of Jesus and that they can begin to live their life and fulfill the destiny and call and plan and purpose in their life just like you did for me, just like you did for Tasia and for countless other women. And Father, I thank you. And Father, we repent as women for being on the judgmental side of this thing. Father, and I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that when we see those women that are advocating abortion that we don't condemn them but we begin to pray for them because part of that anger and part of that protest is because they never got healed at the deep level where they need healing and father you are ready and able to forgive you said to confess your sins one to another that we would pray for one another that we may be healed and so father I thank you that you are in the healing business so we thank you. We thank you, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, for coming in and soothing every one of these chains and filling, Lord God, with the Holy Spirit, those empty places, with your love, with your grace, with your forgiveness, and with your restoration. And Father, we thank you that we are reconciled to you right in this moment for not that because we were but we know now that we have already been reconciled to you and we will no longer listen to the voice of the enemy that would tell us we're not worthy because of what we've done that we don't have a chance it's a lie from the pit of hell you never turned your back on us yes and we are established and we are healed and we are your daughters and we are prepared and ready to do your will on the earth in Jesus name amen. amen amen well thank you for tuning in I really appreciate everyone who clicked on make sure you share this with your family your friends even your haters um, <laughs> send it to everyone because we want to make sure that people know that there is healing and can yes. be redeemed and we love you no matter if you have yes. abortion you're considering abortion god will always love you forgive yes. you and jesus has paid the price for your sins all you have to do is repent so until next time deuces